Good morning for the CJRU Morning Mixtape. I am Donovan LaCroxy, and debuting on CJRU 1280 AM, I've got director Alex Koshin. How you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. It was exciting to me. <laughs> I know, I know. You are a director. Do you want to talk about Filmetry? Yeah, I can talk about it. So Filmetry is my production company. We specialize in film production and commercial work. So we've done quite a few films in the Toronto GTA area, a uh, few of which have won awards, have been a part of the Toronto 48-hour film festival every year. Um, so yeah, and uh, in terms of commercial work, we do work with companies, whether it be uh, branding them for more social media-focused content, creating reels, um, also do photography, brand stuff. So yeah, we're kind of like a Swiss army knife of a film production company. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. And how did that come about? And I should have said founder because you are the founder of <laughs> Film Tree. So how did that come about where you found this thing? Yeah, basically, I, I've been making films my whole life. I started out very young, kind of I got to the point where I was making films with my like webcam laptop and I, I started uploading like reviews for Lego on YouTube. And that's kind of like the whole video side of me. And, you know, as I got older, I started to be exposed to different types of films and that kind of love for filmmaking and the impact that you can have on an audience um, long after they leave the theater or long after they've seen the film. I think that's kind of what moved me towards film production and filmetry is an extension of that. So it's called filmetry because it's I call it's like the... Um, um, it's the the symmetry. It's like the line between reality and fiction. So creating films that have a strong, you know, moral code or have a lesson that people can learn while watching it. Mm -hmm. How was film a tree in the pandemic? How did you do in the pandemic with creating content? Yeah, that was actually, it's funny because the pandemic was kind of when Filmetry really took off and it was kind of, um, we were all stuck inside and I have a friend, um, Nick Biskupak, who reached out to me and he had a script for a film that is now in post-production called The Calming Water. And we kind of worked through it during the pandemic and I slowly at the same time started building Filmetry into like where it is now of being both a film production and commercial work company. And, you know, everything kind of, I, I call it a blessing in disguise in the sense that a lot of companies are now moving into a digital platform. So what once worked with like newspaper articles and um, websites are now being driven solely on social media performance. So whether there be Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, a lot of companies need that in order to thrive in today's market. And I think the pandemic kind of made that all happen. So it was kind of like a stepping stone for us to be able to cater that to more clients. Mm -hmm. Now, movies, don't you think they're all moving to social media now? Because not many people are going to the theaters the way they used to. What's your take to that? Yeah, I think it's honestly, it's a, it's a little bit sad to me because I, I think the the experience of going to a movie theater is kind of what makes movies so special. Having the ability to experience a film beginning to end with a crowd full of strangers, but being able to like laugh, cry and, you know, have all this emotion. So it's kind of sad that now things are moving more digital, whether it be on streaming platforms and stuff. But at the same time, that's opening up a new world for new filmmakers getting in. So I know Netflix has a lot of initiatives right now where they're trying to find more writers, directors, and creating more Netflix original films. So in a way, it's sad because the traditional way of viewing films has changed a lot. And you could say that the attention level or the audience retention has changed a lot because of things like social media. However, I think it's also opening the world more to the indie market. And I think that there's a lot more ways than just the traditional Hollywood route. 
Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now talk about this, you know, project in post-production, movie in post-production. What is it about? I know off interview, you told me you were filming a lot in the rain. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the film is called The Calming Water. It's a short film that we're hoping to prove as a concept for a feature. Um, the film centers around a fisherman who kind of uh, lost his wife during a bad storm and he's been dealing with um alcoholism and it's basically kind of a redemption story of him trying to get back on his feet and i'm not going to spoil it too much but there's a lot of twists and turns but the production side of it was a lot of work we uh we shot it for a week in owen sound and it was during the period where owen sound had the worst storm in like the last 10 years so we were constantly getting pelted on by rain and mud and i'll be honest the first two days it was it was really miserable i think nobody was really that happy about making films <laughs> <laughs> but with this project hopefully it can win an oscar like some of the indie films at the oscars last <laughs> night what's your take to that i mean you know never say never i i'd like to dream big but i you know I, I'm confident in the quality of Calming Water. I don't know if it's Oscar level, but um, I, I am happy that a lot of the films kind of last night were more indie films. I know Everything Everywhere All at Once, the um, A24 uh, film, basically won in every category. I think it was the first, it was the first um, indie film studio that won every category. So I think that's making waves right now. And I'm just glad that people are seeking out more films that aren't just purely mainstream like actually going to festivals or looking through the indie market because there's a lot of films out there that deserve to be seen and they're just not getting the recognition that they need because they're not presented in like you know with a hollywood marketing budget <laughs> okay okay so this is going to be the new way in 2024 do you expect more indie films to win at the oscars and more indie films to be nominated yeah so um i think that that's already happening i mean i think it was a year or two ago that's an apple original film one and that film was actually an indie film that was bought by apple on the festival circuit so i think right now we're seeing a lot more bigger companies looking at festivals and trying to acquire more indie projects because they're seeing that the quality well plus they're not going to cost 500 million dollars to make on an indie scale right so acquiring a film is much cheaper than making it yourself and potentially you know losing a lot more just by going through production so we're seeing a lot more indie films being acquired and i think that's exciting for any filmmaker out there because it you know it opens the possibility of growing your audience and having people see your work okay now is there any other films you're working on because i know this one has taken up a lot of time but is there another one that you're working on yeah. or yeah. so um i'm working on actually on a feature-length documentary um i have a friend her name is uh, sam slater she's a professional bodybuilder and she reached out to me about a year and a half ago, actually. And I talked to her about making a documentary that follows a female bodybuilder as she goes through prep, which is the, you know, six to eight months of preparing your body for the stage for bodybuilding. And we had already filmed. So we've already filmed right now one year of her prep. And her goal has always been to become a recognized pro so winning a pro card at these professional bodybuilding shows which is actually really hard to do and she's been competing for several years but this doc documentary goes in depth basically following her almost on a daily basis of how 
she's feeling her relationships, how bodybuilding is being, you know, a female on that stage, what it looks like, and kind of going through the highs and lows of the sport and bringing more awareness to bodybuilding as a whole because of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And why is that important? In case a listener might ask, why is it important for females to be talked about in bodybuilding? Uh, I think people have a very... I don't want to say toxic, but they have a very extreme reaction to bodybuilding. I feel like, especially on social media, I've seen a lot of people kind of not understand the sport and, you know, it can can be toxic in that way. So this was kind of my way of shedding light on bodybuilding and especially from a female standpoint, because, you know, the world knows of like Arnold Schwarzenegger and a lot of professional bodybuilders that are mainstream, but they're mostly male. So what interests me was seeing the female perspective on that and seeing kind of the tribulations that go into the sport of bodybuilding because it's something that's one I find interesting but also the perseverance needed to do that day to day and for eight months basically sacrificing your life and you know your not I don't want to say your body but like pushing your body to the absolute limit for you know five minutes on stage is uh it's a concept that I'm still trying to wrap my head around and I think I've already filmed a year of the documentary so you know I'm still searching for that answer. All right. Did you want to talk about your podcast? Because you do have a podcast as well, or one that you are working on. Yeah. So actually going off on that, we have uh, Filmetry is kind of like an, I'm building it towards being more of a network. So giving people the platform, the tools, you know, the equipment to be able to create their own content and post it on Filmetry. So right now we're working, uh, we're actually, as of talking now it's actually coming out this week the first episode but uh there's a podcast that's actually hosted by sam slater the bodybuilder and her uh fiance tim Uh, it's called stay peaked and it's a lifestyle kind of fitness uh, podcast where we're basically talking about all things that come into you know healthy eating and lifestyle it's it's really funny i think the two of them are they always make me laugh and i think it's the perfect platform for them to kind of talk and give more insight into their lives and what's you know uh you know who they are as characters so that's coming out this this week on youtube um and uh yeah all right what do you what's your message to other filmmakers directors and writers that want to get their projects pushed out there but they don't have the budget for it or they're discouraged that whatever i push out nobody likes it I think the thing I, I've struggled with that a lot. I mean, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist by nature, so a lot of the time, I'll, in the past, I've filmed things that have never come out because of that. But what I've realized is, you know, you only have if you are passionate about a story or you're passionate about filmmaking, and it, even if you don't have a big budget, even if you don't have the fanciest, you know, marketing or whatever, if you constantly go out there and you make a film and you constantly hone that craft, it'll only get better. You'll only continue to improve and i think that if one if your film you know is seen by 10 people and one of those people is are impacted by it then you've done your job as a filmmaker because you, clearly your art has made an impact so my message would be just to go out there and kind of create you know don't worry about oh this doesn't look perfect oh this we don't have the money for this do what you can with what you have but keep doing it i think you know progress over perfection is what i would say Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it takes time sometimes for people to catch on doesn't it yeah i mean i can i remember what i spent back in the day when i was younger i spent you know six months making one short film and you know i got 50 views on youtube (laughs) but the thing is like to me if you're 
enjoying what you do and you're not doing it for a vanity reason like you're doing it because you're passionate and you have stories that you want to tell that only you can tell from your perspective that's more important than however many people watch it or how many awards you win mm-hmm. if you're staying true to yourself then that's all that matters Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, for those listeners that know about you, that know about your content, they support your writing and your directing journey. What do you want to tell them? Uh, I just, I guess, I want to say thank you for your support. I, I, I could not do be where I am today and not be making the films that I'm making without all the people in my lives that have either sacrificed their time or put their faith in me in making things. So, thank you, and uh, yeah. I'll I'll try to make all of you proud, I guess. <laughs> all right. Did you want to throw out the website and your social media yeah. platforms? Yeah. So uh, we're just revamping the website now, but you can follow us on uh, Instagram mainly at Filmetry. So that's F-I-L-M-M-E-T-R-Y. Or you can follow me personally at Alex the Filmmaker on Instagram as well. All right. Any final things you would like to tell CJRU twelve eighty AM? Uh no, I <laughs> I appreciate the uh the opportunity for the interview and uh I hope everyone has a great day. All right, for CJRU twelve eighty AM, I'd like to thank writer, director, and the founder of you can throw out your name again. Alex Koshin, Filmetry. <laughs> thank you so much and thank you for the listeners for listening to this episode.